0: The message you are listening to is recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at the 2018 established summer training project. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. Bringing everyone here safely. Um, There were no accidents, no car problems. We we, really thank you for that. Also, Father, um, I understand that um, everyone's coming in this summer from a, from different places, um, different backgrounds, um, different spiritual journeys, and and some people might feel um, anxious, and I pray that you'd comfort them and and um, be here for them, and I and I pray that um, we we would see more of you tonight. Um, that those that need to be comforted, you comfort them, and those that may need to be uprooted and shaken a little bit, that you would. Um, be there with them as well Um, so father I pray that we'd see more of you tonight so in the name of Jesus we pray amen Amen. Um, and so the theme is established and I have a couple different analogies I want to share with you to help you understand the flesh that out a little bit more to to communicate what that is and so the first one if you want to show it is this building Um, does anyone know the name of this building Burj Khalifa. Burj yup, it's in Dubai. It's the world's tallest building. Does anyone know how, how tall, tall it is? 27 feet. What do you say? 27 feet. Yeah, 20, 2,722 feet, yeah, you're right. Good job, good job Weldon. Um, so it's the world's tallest building, it's massive. But but for a building to be that tall, it has to have a foundation that's, that's holding it, that it's built upon. And so I looked it up, there was 110,000 tons of concrete that was used to build this building that goes 164 deep into the ground. Um, like engineers had to design a new structural system called the buttress core, and it's shaped like a Y so that it doesn't twist and bend when the wind comes. And so you understand the the idea that the 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 foundation that this building had to be built on had to be deep. It had a there was a lot of engineering that went into it. And actually, they built it for a year before they even built up. And so. That's like the foundation for, so when the wind comes, when when the storm's coming, it's not gonna topple over because it's got a secure secure foundation. The next one is a tree. Um, Does anyone know what kind of tree this is? Redwood. Redwood, yeah, redwood. So redwoods are the tallest trees in the world. They can grow up to 350 feet tall um which i should have asked you guys before that you probably knew the answer um sequoias also get really big they're actually bigger they don't get as tall that's another side story um but anyways these trees they they need a lot of water and so i think i looked it up they need hundreds of gallons of water per day like that's a lot of water for a tree to get that much water it has to have a good root system um and so i was a little surprised by this but the roots for these trees only go 12 to 14 feet deep For a tree that's 350 feet tall, I thought they'd go deeper, but they they spread out very far, up to an acre. So 100 feet each way. And so you you see that for this tree um, to get its life, to get its source to to be steady and sturdy, it has to have a good root system. And so the same idea, just like this building and just like this tree um, need to have massive foundations so that when the storms come, or any trial comes, that they remain steadfast, that they would be unmoved. Like, that's what we want for you this summer. Um, we want you guys to be well-established, so that um, when the storm comes, and, and if you haven't experienced any suffering, like, yeah, you, you, you will. Like, as a Christian, you will experience suffering. Um, so that when the storm comes, that you'd be well-established, that you'd be unmoved. And so, um, I think, like, as you guys may have encountered this already, um, as you, you know, t- telling people, like your friends or your family that you're coming to this South Carolina thing called Summer Training Project, and then I ask you a question like, oh, like, what, are you gonna be building a house? What kind of project will you be working on? Um, which are good things, but this summer, like, the project is you. Um, like, we want you guys to be more established, well-established in Christ um it's about you growing and being more established in who christ is for you and so um like that's the point of the summer and we're we're gonna unpack that a little bit more tonight um another point i wanted to make is um i also acknowledge that like i I said in my prayer that um everyone's probably coming in at different places just spiritually and where they're at some of you may have grown up in a christian home where you grew up learning about Christianity, some of you may have not some of you may have just become a Christian recently. Um, some of you may not be a Christian and you're here investigating this um, or you're not sh- quite sure where you're at and that's okay like we're super glad that you're here we want you to be here um, and I think like the point of this summer is to see more about who who Jesus is and what it means to be established in him and so um, my hope for this summer is that all of you guys would be um, strongly established in Christ. Um, so that 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, that you'd be walking with him. So um, if you wanna go to the next slide, why you need to be established. Um, that's like, I, I'm not gonna talk as much about the what, but the why tonight. So, um, so why, do you need to, why do you need to be established? So whatever your worldview is, if you're, if you're not strongly established in that, or if you don't have a secure foundation of what you believe, like you're going to be thrown around. Um, and so the point of the summer is for you to experience like what it, what it means to be a Christian. Um, and um, the book of the Bible that we're going to be reading this summer, which I'm really excited about it, um, is going to be Colossians. And um, yeah, you can cheer if you want. It's, it's a great book. Like, I'm super excited about it. Um, and a lot of what I'm going to be talking about tonight, I'll have verses from that book. But this this summer, we're going to have you guys read through that. You're going to learn a lot more about what the book's about. Um, but in Colossians, Paul, Paul is writing, and he um, is... Re- He wrote it to the Church of Colossae to fortify them against false teachers and for them to set their focus on heavenly things and non-earthly things. And in it, there are are a couple different things that I saw that Paul was trying to help them avoid. And so I have two ditches. I talk about ditches a lot. I kind of borrowed that from Jason. He talks about ditches a lot, so you might have to get used to it. Um, But the first ditch is up there. So worldly thoughts and desires. and so part of the reason why Paul wanted them to be established is so that they would avoid these ditches. He saw this there. And so worldly thought and desire, there's two, there's two verses I want to talk about. So you can go to the next slide. The first one is Colossians 2.4, um, where Paul says this. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. And then Colossians 2.8 um, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and deceit I think it later on says according to human tradition and so there's people there that um, are trying to delude the, the people at this church um, with arguments and they're, they're not just arguments but they're plausible um, and they're trying to take them captive by philosophy and deceit um, and so there's this, this idea of um, of, like, being aware, being cautious of that, like, be established so that this doesn't happen. And um, I think that most of us, we, we might not experience this a ton where someone comes to you and makes a case against Christ, like, I'm going to use, and I think some of us have, especially at secular schools, you're going to experience this a lot more than maybe you would at a Christian school, but I still think we, we get messages every day that are, are making arguments against Christ, or making arguments for something else, um, worldly thoughts or worldly desires so I had this commercial I was watching the NBA playoffs um, and this Diet Coke commercial came up and I, and I thought about it for a little while and I'm like this this commercial is telling us something and so it's only 30 seconds we'll watch it and then we'll talk a bit about it look here's the thing about Diet Coke it's delicious it makes me feel good Short. If you want to live in a yurt, yurt it up. If you want to run a marathon, I mean, that sounds super hard, but okay. I mean, just do you, whatever that is. And if you're in the mood for a Diet Coke, have a Diet Coke. Diet Coke, because I can. So it's kind of a weird Lane commercial, but I think there's something it's telling us here. It's, it's basically saying you do you. You do whatever you want. It makes sense, also, that Diet Coke is trying to sell you that message because their product's not maybe super healthy for you, and so it's like that's what we want to hear. We want to hear you do whatever you want. If you want a Coke, have a Coke. Um, and so there's this idea that, um, like, this this worldly desires, whatever is going to satisfy us, give that to me. Um, whatever is going to fill me up, I'm going to run after that. Um, if it's, you know, like a uh, diet Coke, you're going to have a diet Coke, and obviously the list can go on and on of, of pursuing the things of this world that think that we think might bring us happiness. Um, and so in what ways are you pursuing this world? In what ways are, are you going after things of this world? And I think one of the things that have come up that has I've seen this in my heart is, like, what do you think about before you go to bed? Like What are you meditating on? What are you wanting? Like, what's in your desire, like, what are you desiring, desiring? Like, if I only had this, maybe it was a relationship with that guy or this girl. If I, if I had that relationship, I think I would be happy. Or um, if I were more successful in, in my sport, or set a, a record on the track team, or become a star on the football team, um, or if I were to have that new car, I mean, the list goes on, fill in the blank. Um, what is it, and what ways are you pursuing the world? Um, there's this quote by C.H. Spurgeon I want to share with us that I thought was really helpful. And it says this. You say, if I had a little more, I should be very satisfied. You make a mistake. If you are not content with, you ha- what, with what you have, you would not be satisfied if it were double. So what he's saying is that whatever your fill in the blank is, whatever that is, double it, and you're still not gonna be satisfied. Um, whatever it is, like there's a content problem going on in our hearts, like it's a heart issue. And so that's, that's the first stitch, um, the ways that we can pursue this world and, and looking for satisfaction in it. The second one is um, self-righteousness. And um, I find this same theme in Colossians in verse chapter two, verse 23. So these have, in, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value. Value, And so um, in some way, the, these, they were submitting to regulations according to human, dish, could, um, human tradition. And so they're saying, if we do these things, if we follow these regulations, then we're gonna promote our self-made religion. And so they were promoting themselves. Um, and so is this you? Like in what ways um, do you promote yourself where you wanna become more righteous in the eyes of your peers um, by doing things so that we're, we're puffed up? Um, this is the other ditch. And so maybe it's like, why did you come to Summer Training Project this summer? Um, is it because you wanna be a, a better Christian? Um, or maybe if you went to a Christian school like why did you go there (laughs) or like when you read your Bible in the morning um, and you're looking to the next thing waiting to check it off your list like what's going on in your heart there is it are you really worshiping Christ or are are you doing it so that you can be puffed up so there's something going in your heart where you feel like you need to be more righteous Um, maybe Maybe it's you, you. There's a relationship that you want to be in, and this person will only take you seriously if you're, you're more mature in your faith. And so you're like, I want to become more mature in my faith, so I get that, and so that I could be, so I could look better. Um, and so that's the second ditch, the idea of the self-righteousness. Um, and so we don't want you to fall into either of those. Um, we want you to be established so that when the storm comes, and we talked about the storm. Um, that you will not be moved from the hope of the gospel. And there's another verse in Colossians, Colossians 123, I think it's one more, um, and it says this, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. So Paul doesn't want them to move, um, to shift from the hope of the gospel. Like, I don't want that for you guys either. We want you to be steadfast, to be established in the gospel. Uh, not shifting, not moving. And so that's, that's why you need to be established. So um, I wanna reveal our theme verse for the summer. And um, you might be wondering, what is a the theme verse? The theme verse is kind of where we get our theme from, and it's from the same book of Colossians. And you'll hear it a lot throughout the summer. And so this is it, Colossians 2, 6, and 7. You probably wanna write this down. Um, and it reads like this. So, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So you see the word established there. Um, that's where the theme is coming from. And tonight, like I said, I was gonna I'm gonna talk more about why you need to be established. But before you are established, um, first you need to receive him. Like You can't be established if you have never received him. So I want to talk a little bit about re- what it means to receive him, and then we'll close. Um, and so, again, like I'm going to go back to those ditches a little bit. Um, so we're, we're called to receive him, and, that's, and we're called to receive him and walk in him. That's how we're established. But I want to talk about how those two ditches, if we're living in those two ditches, how instead that doesn't receive him, how that rejects him. And so you might be wondering, how does the, the worldly thought, the desires, how does that reject him? And so um, I'm going to share a little bit of an example of my own life and how like, I was living in this in my own life and, and to flesh that out. Um, and so before Project, after... This semester, um, there's like a couple weeks where staff kind of have you know stuff to do, but it's not as busy. Um, And there were it was like five days in to like after the semester ended and before project started. And Ariana, my wife, I'm very thankful for her. She noticed that um, I hadn't opened my Bible in like five days. She came up to me and like, oh, Lucas, I noticed you haven't really read your Bible. and when she did that, it kind of, there was a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, you know what? I really have it. And then I thought back of all the things that I was doing, um, and the things that I was filling my life with. And it was like I I prioritized watching basketball. Like if there was a playoff game that night, like I want to watch it. Like that's what I'm gonna run to. Or it was um, mountain biking. I like mountain biking. Like I wanted to get my mountain bike fixed so I could go ride it. And like these are good things. But I was running to them or playing Mario. Like I I was playing the new Mario game. Like this is this is fun. I want to play this or um, watching a movie. Like my life, like those five days I was, I think I was running after those things um, to fill me up saying I, need, I needed those things more than I needed Jesus. And my life reflected that. I wasn't running to him. I didn't open my Bible. And I'm so thankful that she had said that to me because that's, that's where my bread and my water was. I was, I was running to those things. And, th- and in that way, when I'm doing that, how is that rejecting and not receiving? That's saying that I need this Jesus more than you Jesus. Like, that's not receiving him. That's, that's receiving something else and saying, I don't need you. I need this more. And so then the second way that we can reject him instead of receive him is self-righteousness. And so another example of this in my life is um, there's often times if I'm, like, reading the Bible in the morning that, like, I can sense in my heart that I'm, like, I hope Ari or she sees me reading my Bible. Um, I want her to know, like, I read my Bible this morning. Like, that's, like, if you think about that, that's disgusting, like, that's not okay. Like, that's a heart that is, um, w- like, self-promoting myself, just like we saw there, self-promoting religion. Like, I'm promoting myself, I want her to, or someone else, fill in the blank, someone else could have been in the, in the house, where I'm, I'm wanting someone to see that I am righteous. Um, And so that self-righteousness way, it rejects it by saying, yes, there's this bar I need to meet, um, but I'm not going to choose you, Jesus. I'm not going to trust in you. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to be good enough myself. And so it's still, it's rejecting Christ and not receiving him. And so both of them, the heart is the same. It's self-reliance. It's looking to self and not looking to him. And so then what does it mean to receive him? I'm just going to Touch on two points what it means to receive him and the first one is dying to self um so if we if we're going to receive him we must die to self we must die to both of those ditches and the first one is the worldly ditch um and it's and it's dying to to the worldly ditch um it's saying that i need jesus more than i need to watch nba tonight for me or um I need him more than I need to ride my mountain bike, or fill in the blank, whatever it is. And so there's this verse in Philippians, I think I have it up here, I'm just gonna read it really quick. Um, In verse um, eight in chapter three, Paul says this, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And so what Paul's saying there is like, everything that I once counted as value, I'm counting it as loss because Christ is more valuable. Um, and so it's, it's dying to the things of this world and saying, I need you, Jesus, more than I need these. Like, have you done that in your heart? Are you willing to count all things as loss? Um, are, you, are you able to hold loosely to the things of this world? Like, is Christ first? Um, have, you, have you died to those things? And the second one is, is dying to the self-righteousness in our hearts. Um, and this means like, okay, there's this bar, like we, there's perfection. And yet we're, we're sometimes blind to the idea that we think that we can obtain perfection that God has by tr- being righteous enough, by, tr- by maybe doing this Christian thing that's gonna make us look better or wanting people to see me do this Christian activity, whether it's prayer, reading the Bible, or doing a good deed, um, that it's gonna somehow be enough for God like that is just a lie and so dying to this one would be saying I can't do it I'm not enough like it wasn't even close um, and, and some of you might be really tired like this whole Christian thing might have been like be, be a tiring thing for you and maybe it's because you haven't um, died to yourself in this way where you where you can say to yourself like I, I'm not enough like I can't do this um, and my hopes is that you'd realize that more and more this summer. I'm still growing in that, um, where we would be able to say, like, I'm not enough. I can't do it. And so um, this, that also kills self-righteousness is when, when we die to that. And the second point is um, it's free. So receiving something, it's free. You don't earn it. And I, I love that um, the verse in Colossians, the theme verse, says. Um, it doesn't say therefore as you worked for Jesus Christ so work for him it says as you received him so it's not earning him but it's receiving him and, it, and it's free it's something free um, I, have a, I have a little story for this too so when Ari and I were engaged um, we'd have a ton of money for our wedding and and we, we really wanted to have our ceremony at this place called the chapel, the Woods Chapel. And it was a beautiful place, but yet we couldn't really afford it. And so um, one morning, Ari found an envelope in front of her door that said, I think, something like, from the family of blood. And inside of it was $1,500. And both of us, when we first got it, we felt kind of guilty inside. We both felt like, I don't like, I didn't deserve this. Like I needed to somehow earn it. Like I don't, why did they give this to us? Um, And I wanted to know who gave it to us. Like I wanted to know who gave it to us so that I could somehow pay them back or do something. But then after a little while, it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, man, this is the perfect example of what grace is. Like I didn't earn that $1,500. It was just given to me freely. Like that's the gospel. We get it for free. Uh, We don't earn it. and so I want you guys to really understand that, that um, receiving is dying to self and it's free, we receive it. And so lastly, I wanted to talk about Colossians 2:13 and 14. It's I think a really sweet verse that really fleshes out the gospel. Um, so he says this, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, Having, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing to the cross. So we were dead. We were dead in our trespasses. Um, and he made us alive, forgiving us of all of our trespasses and canceling the record of debt, debt that stood against us. Um, like Christ died on our behalf. And he earned it for you. And our role this summer is to receive it and so you can't be established if you haven't received it you first must receive Christ and so my hopes is that wherever you're at this summer um, is that you would stop trying um, stop trying to earn it um, and that you would freely and gladly trust in Christ on your behalf um, that he was sufficient and that he earned it for you um, he reconciled us and it's a free gift like this is like, this is the best news in the world. And you're going to hear this a lot. We're going to talk about the gospel a lot this summer. And that's part of what it means to be established. Like, we need this every day. Um, and so um, the rest of the summer, like I said, you might be like, okay, what does it mean to be established? Like, wh- what are we talking about here? And but that's what the rest of the summer is for. Like, we're going we're gonna to unpack what it means to establish the rest of the summer. Like, that's why we have Summer Training Project is to help establish you guys in Christ. And so you're gonna have a lot of training packets and they're gonna be, the aim of those is gonna be helping establish you. Um, and, and so like that's what the purpose of this summer is. and So if you guys have your notebooks, I would love for you to open them up right now. So you can go to the next slide. Um, and I want you guys to write this down in the inside cover of your notebook. Um, maybe where you put your name, I'll put your name there too definitely write your name there, so that if it's lost, it comes back to you. But write down, what does it mean to be established? So every time you open up your notebook, you're going to see that. Um, And maybe, and hopefully you'll think about it a bit more. Like, what does it mean to be established? And um, by the end of the summer, I think you'll have a, a lot better idea of what it means to be established. So um, I'm going to pray for us and then there's a couple questions I have for us for a reflection time and then we'll do some worship. Um, Father, you are, you are so good um, that as we pursue this world where we, we try to find satisfaction here and we say that this is better than you. This is going to give me more life than you. Um, Or whether we say that, God, I'm going to earn it. I'm going to be good enough. I'm going to look to myself, to my own strength for this. Um, As we pursue those things, Father, um, yet you died on the cross for that sin. In the ways that we look to ourselves, you died on it. You canceled the record of debt that stood against us. Um, Our trespasses were paid for. Like that you forgave us. That's amazing news. So Father, I, I, I pray that we would see our need to be established. Um, and that we would never move on from receiving you. That we would remember that that we can't be established if we haven't received you. And that, Father, I pray that you'd stir in our hearts uh, for those of us that um, have received you. That we continue to receive you. And those that may have not received you would, would think more about what it means to receive you and so Father um, we thank you for the gift that was free and, and enough and sufficient and, and that paid our debt so we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Amen um, So I have a, just a couple questions for you guys um, maybe just take some time on your own We're g- they're going to play some background music and just think through these two questions so the first one is have you received Jesus like this before? And the second one is, what do you think it means to be established? So we'll take like five minutes, and then um, the worship team will come up and lead us in worship. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the College Ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at clminneapolis.org.